OK, um, Nora Owen, the former uh, Justice Minister, um, Jared Howland, the columnist and former Fianna Fáil strategist, and uh, Mick Clifford, uh, journalist with the Irish Examiner, uh, join us now to go through the Sunday papers. Um, you're all very welcome. Thank you very um, much. Let's start with uh, the IRA uh, story. Nora Owen, as a Justice Minister, a former Justice Minister, you must yeah. be watching this story with, with some interest. Uh, very different, Francis Fitzgerald, from a week ago when some people would say she was a little bit weak on, on the issue of whether or not the IRA still existed. Today, she's being very strong on the well, issue. Well, I think uh, she was interviewed uh, when she was down in Bailin' Law about to give the oration at uh, Michael Collins' uh, memorial. And the story was really only beginning to unfurl and I think perhaps you know sometimes you're better off to let something settle for a little bit before you actually come online to do it. She She was cautious about about what she said but but you know if you think back of the days of 1998 when the Good Friday Agreement was signed um, the kind of elephant in the room was what is going to happen to uh, the IRA and those who are not signing up into the peace process. And it's quite clear that many of them are still hankering after, as it were, the old days. And now it would appear as if some of those people uh, are being um, allegedly um, accused of being involved in the killing of Kevin McGuigan and, and, and Jock Davis before that. So, you know, it's... It's always been in the background. I think Michael McDool did a service by sort of reminding us that they kind of turned a blind eye. Look, we all turn a blind eye when Jerry Adams keeps coming out and saying he was never in the IRA. We ne- and, we, and yet we will take his word or some people will take his word when he comes out and says, I know for a fact that the IRA are gone away, etc. So how does he know so much about it if he had never any hand acting part in their organisation? Mm. You know, be like me coming out and saying it, you know. Yeah, um, just just before I bring uh, Mick and Jordan, was it a surprise to you the, when the, 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 the head of the PSNI uh, George Hamilton said that he, you know, t- we should be clear. He didn't say they existed as a terrorist no, organization, no, he but he said some of the structures still existed, and he said some IRA members, our former IRA members, were still involved. Well, in, in it surprised me somewhat that he used words like structures. I think he probably was trying to get across the message that this kind of uh, hiding of what was going on really behind the scenes was all being done for a political reason to make sure the peace process stayed in place and that we pretended things weren't going on. I think the word structures implied that there were, you know, there were committee meetings, there were people sitting down in rooms planning things. I think it's probably not as structured as he implied. But nonetheless, he was trying to get across the message that they have clear evidence that there are people who are still engaging in this kind of both criminal activity with regard to drugs, etc., but also uh, quasi-political activity as well, which, you know, these people, most of these men now are in their 40s and 50s and mm. 60s. They grew up as teenagers all the way through those years. Was it naive years. to expect that they were just going to exit the field? Particularly if the field, was, if the field yeah. was going to be filled by Of course it by, was naive. They knew, they knew nothing dissonance. else. They knew nothing else. And now the worrying thing is what's happening, the money they're making on the drugs. It's quite clear. I was listening to a woman on the radio during the week and she was quite clear that intimidation, pressure and that is still going on within some of the communities. And, and what do you mean by what's happening with the money? Because Sinn Féin say, look, you know, look at our books. Um, yeah, you know, yeah. We, we, we 
only spend this, we spend less than other parties in such and such a by-election. Well, they seem to ha- I mean, maybe they, they have so many good volunteers that don't want, want to be paid, but they certainly spend a lot of money on elections. And there is a concern that perhaps some of this money is leaking across from one account into the other. It is estimated that the former IRA people have about 400 million of a slush fund and nobody is kind of taking any account of it. If you or I have excessive money that we're spending on things, you know, somebody will begin to ask questions. How did you manage to buy two new cars last year or how did you manage they, to buy they say, houses? Excuse me, they, they say SIBO and, and, and the other organisations, they say they, they stand up to scrutiny basically when it comes to that kind of testing. They do, but, you know, maybe there are other ways of, of getting stuff and spending money and, and that sort of thing. I mean, I, I don't have any information about what money Sinn Féin and how they're gathering it. I know they take salaries or half of the salaries of the, the TDs. Um, some of them complain about that too, but they take that. So so they obviously build up that kind of thing. You don't see many kind of raffles and, um, you know, lunches and golf classics run by Sinn Féin. Can't see Sinn Féin to, hosting to, a golf to, classic. To, to, raise, to raise the kind of normal political fundraising that Fianna Fáil, Fine Gael and Labour seem to have to do uh, to, to, to keep a kind of a fund going for the elections. So I suppose until you're absolutely sure and can trust them. Listening to the unionist leader, he kept stressing this word, trust. He mm. said, we just don't trust Sinn okay. Féin. And uh, that's uh, lacking. Jared Hallen, you, you have faced uh, Sinn Féin in elections in your time as, as, a, mm. as a Fianna Fáil uh, strategist. Um, interesting, Francis Fitzgerald, Willie O'Dea is doing it as well, Micheál Martin, all basically you know, quite explicitly pointing the finger and saying, where is this money going? And, and quite explicitly suggesting that the money is going to help Sinn Féin politically. Yeah, I suppose whatever about having put arms beyond juice, the money has never been put beyond juice. And this is at the core of what, uh, in a sense, this is all about. Uh, going back to last weekend, you were talking to Nora about what Francis Fitzgerald said in that interview at Bail and Law. In chronological order, Francis Fitzgerald was not the first out, did not set uh, the pace in terms of the government's initial response. That was done previously by Charlie Flanagan in a very carefully worded, measured, considered statement. And the bottom line there was don't upset the apple tart, if you'll excuse the expression, because <laughs> every... You were close to Bertie Ahern, we must have done that. Every point of pressure put uh, by the government here means that uh, Peter Robinson then subsequently would have less cover to remain in the executive in a context in which the executive in Northern Ireland was already fragile. And, and clearly they were playing defensive from the off. Days later, when that was no longer credible, uh, the political politicians in government moved on and that was the politics of that as it evolved chronologically. So do you think you're I mean Micheál Martin will you do you think they're now playing politics with this? Of course everyone concerned is playing politics Shane let's be crystal clear about that I mean that's a given Uh, the separate issue is whether they're right in in substance of what they say Um, and in relation to uh, the IRA come former IRA and it's essentially both uh, under different guises is that these two murders uh, happened because and I think Brian Feeney's piece yesterday in the United yeah, Times really, a really important interesting piece this is as much a sign of weakness as anything else because 
these guys are now all in their 40s, 50s and 60s. There isn't a new generation recruited. Uh, and men in their 40s, 50s and 60s do not cut the mustard uh, in these working class areas in terms of holding down, uh, controlling and if necessary intimidating a rising generation of much younger men. So there, there is that, if you like, uh, with age is coming powerlessness. And then the uh, murder of Jock Davidson prompted them, I think, really out of a sense of fear of what the future might hold for the rest of them to uh, do in uh, Kevin McGuigan. Uh, and it, it, it's like it's one weakness led to another, which has now led is to this kind crisis. Is it kind of a, a revenge kind of system that's coming into place? Are there, are there younger people growing up now whose well, families were killed? Well, you see, this comes to the whole killed. dissident Republican thing. And there's a... a and, mis- and criminal elements, you would imagine. Absolutely, which are completely interlinked. And there's a misunderstanding, I think, when we talk about dissident Republicans. There's always an assumption that they're militant terrorists. And of course, that is true. But there's a much wider dissident Republican community in Northern Ireland that are not terrorists, but are deeply disaffected with Sinn Féin and with the peace process, uh, who are asking, is this, was this all this is for, that we are going to be, you know, assistance uh, uh, and, and number two in a Sunningdale type ad, ad, administration. Sunningdale for slow learners as the SCLP famously described um, the Good Friday Agreement. And, and they see members of their own community these guys having clearly profited. They see people in their own community doing well from means that are not clear and there is a bad smell off the formal Sinn Féin IRA edifice in these communities. Yeah, I mean, and I, I agree with you, that, that piece by Brian Feeney, and it rings true. It also would fit into the type of statements that were made by the PSNI about their analysis of the situation. Uh, the other thing that I think emerges from that, and which also I think is an issue for Sinn Féin, and that is that these former IRA personnel, a number of them, the more senior ones, are involved in Sinn Féin at different levels. So for Sinn Féin to suggest that there's nothing they can do about it, they have nothing to do with those who were in the IRA, that in itself doesn't ring true. And the other issue there is back again to that thing about the money. And it's interesting the way this is completely ignored and Brian Feeney brings it up yesterday and suddenly Francis Fitzgerald is out with a statement mm. about it. But it is a real issue. Well, Micheál Martin was raising this he issue was, during the He was, to be fair to me. Yeah. He did, and he, no, he didn't specify that, but he was raising it in general terms. We talked about protection of, of funds, I think, but, is the well, term. Even, well, even, yeah, and even you're, for, you're talking the, the Department the Justice estimated in 2005 that the IRA would have had 400 million at their disposal. Now, even if that were, even if the real figure were a fraction of that, yeah, it does, it's 400 million. Seems it, it seems a, a lot, on the high but side, there's no doubt it? that in order for an organisation that was around that long, that was waging war, the cost of it, etc., there is no doubt that we're talking at least tens, if not hundreds, of millions. Now, the issue is. Has all that money gone into private hands, a few private hands? That's unlikely. Brian Feeney suggests that has been uh, the, the organisation of it has been subcontracted to individuals, which is a different thing. But the idea that none of that would be going in some form or another to Sinn Féin 
is something that the party needs to address because that would be the most obvious thing of all. We have to assume... Well, we're going to be talking to Owner Brennan Sinn Féin later on the programme. I imagine he will make the argument yeah. that, you know, uh, our accounts are there to he be will. to be looked at. SIPO has signed off. We generally spend less on by-elections than other parties. Everyone's accounts are there to be looked at. It's what you have in the biscuit tin on yeah, the yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're, you're not going to put I that mean, kind of money on. in an account. Yeah. Everyone's accounts are you're, in order. Yes. You, 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 and, you know, you have... To, I mean... If, if the people who were involved at a senior level in the IRA were anyway politically motivated and if they retain those type of politics, well then one can't imagine how they would not be willing or able in some form or another to divert some of that funds into the party. And but it's also not, it's not credible for Jerry Kelly and others to imply that they have no idea at all what went on with the killing of, of Kevin McGuigan or, or Jock Davis. You know, somehow that they're living in a, a separate island, a separate place. I mean, they were the, I mean, Jerry Adams denies it, but Jerry Kelly doesn't deny having been on the IRA Army Council and several others, Martin McGuinness. You know, they, have they, to it's a very, they know what's going on. Yes, streets, you have basically. to assume yeah. that they know. And this legacy that's there, that in fairness, when the Good Friday were all so excited about it, there was all that under the surface still never solved. The Commission on, on, on Weapons announced that the weapons had been taken out, but the people themselves weren't, okay. as it were, taken out. They were still there. OK, interesting. I suppose the interesting question to arise out of this is, will this have any impact on Sinn Féin electorally? Uh, our reporter, just stick on your headphones there, guys, because our, our reporter, Sarah Burns, uh, took to the streets of Dublin in the last couple of days to ask if the IRA did exist or was found still to exist, would it change people's views on Sinn Féin? Have a listen. Uh, no, definitely not, no. I'd be 100% Sinn Féin, because this government has gone to hell now, so... I'd be just sticking with Sinn Féin. No, it wouldn't. I would still, yeah, I would be supporter of Sinn Féin. Not particularly. I mean, I'm, I, I, if they do exist, I think they're an offshoot, maybe a criminal element of what was originally the IRA. I think Sinn Féin currently are not uh, the provisional IRA. There may be offshoots, criminal elements, etc. But I don't think you can marry the two of them. It would indeed. How, how it would change it, I would probably feel that they haven't changed really from where they were in the 60s and the 70s and the 80s they've said tried to turn it around and say they've given up the arm right and back to the politics but I would feel it would change my opinion and I think I wouldn't fall for them I don't think they exist in the sense that we understood them to exist and in the sense that they do exist anymore they're completely irrelevant and I don't think anybody should have any worries I think the whole issue that's being um, exploited at the moment by political parties I think is to gain some political foothold for themselves at the expense of Sinn Féin who would appear to be now to be something of a political threat to them I think it does still exist I'm from Derry and there's a lot of um, still a lot of violence that goes on there in a sort of undercover way so there's still a lot of almost community policing that goes on so they do still exist and I think there is still a relationship there and um, it's so buried in the north that I don't think it will actually affect people's view of Sinn Féin in the south Yeah, Sarah Burns reporting there Mick, if I was a Sinn Féin strategist listening to that I wouldn't be too upset. Be, uh, they only need 20% of the vote to have a really good election next time. Yeah, right? I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm peace out and we can mention this. That, 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 that the huge, there, there's such disillusionment with the current politics 
in a lot of areas, particularly in working class areas and that, that the the idea of the IRA existing, whereas if you were to go back 20 years ago, well, not in terms of the peace process, but in terms of economically where this country was, how people would have reacted to it then. And now, I think, in, in a lot of these areas, is so different that they regard that their disillusionment with the way the country has evolved economically and the, what they call the political establishment is such that the idea that the IRA in some minor guys might still exist, they regard as a far more and a more minor issue than they would than otherwise have. charges yeah, or exactly all of that. And the other thing is this, and that is why uh, also down here you see when other political parties attack Sinn Féin, then again they have recourse to saying this is all electoral, and that's why the other political parties need to be some way careful yeah, about I mean, it. Very briefly, in order yeah. to really take a break, will it, will it have any impact on them electorally down here? I, it may stop a certain element of sort of people who tended to move from party to party, like went to PDs, went to the Greens, that sort of thing, who kind of think it's the fashionable party uh, to vote for. They may be a bit put off. But you see, as long as there is somebody to say this is all playing pol- politics with it, it's not really playing politics. These are real things that all the different political parties are highlighting. And it's just that at this stage, Sinn Féin, Mary Lou, Mary, um, uh, Jerry Adams, Mary Lou MacDonald seem to have a kind of a, a way in which they can kind of slide over all this and not take. I mean, there were numbers of things that happened to Jerry Adams over the last couple of years that if it happened to any other party leader, mm. they'd be gone. Mm. But he has managed to kind of stay there. So I'd be worried about the brand of Sinn Féin, that none of this stuff might eat in under the brand and that there will be people who'll vote the brand when the election comes. Last word to you on this, Jerry. Uh, Sinn Féin will lose nothing of what it has uh, in terms of votes because of this. It may, uh, um, if you like, slow their rise into the middle class Um, but um, that's the issue in terms of transfers from those they're not giving them number ones that's probably the more important issue Okay, you're listening to The Sunday Show with me Shane Coleman Nora Owen Mick Clifford and Jared Howland are going through the papers we'll be back in a moment Welcome back to The Sunday Show Shane Coleman with you until noon today now Uh, Nora Owen Jared Howland and Mick Clifford are still here going through the Sunday papers Um, probably not as much coverage uh, Mick as you might expect of the uh, the water protests yesterday there was a a decent turnout yesterday I don't think it was quite the 80,000 the protesters were claiming were there probably not normally in those situations you'd have a scenario whereby they would claim that and the Gardaí would estimate it otherwise but considering the relations between the Gardaí and some of the protesters at the moment you would know who mm. to believe in that regard um, yeah look there's no question I mean it is definitely brought back to the fore it, it seemed perhaps maybe four or five months ago that they might be losing momentum I think yesterday's turnout has shown that that is most definitely not the case the interesting thing now is that openly a number of um, the people to the fore of it are coming out and saying that this is not just about water anymore as far as they're concerned. Mm. It's about what they're talking about, demanding rights for housing, education, healthcare and a living wage. Now, that's interesting from the point of view that it is suggesting that the whole water charge issue as far as... The the branding has changed. It's not right to water anymore. It's now right to change. Exactly. Which is fair enough. Now, personally, I I, I don't agree with... um, there stand some water charges. I think most people would agree with their issues around Irish water, which are which is a separate issue. But they're perfectly entitled to, to 
bringing about, uh, we've seen this right throughout Europe, uh, a new form of politics. This would seem to be very left-wing politics. The problem they have, I think, and it's very well set out by Pat Leahy in the Sunday Business Post, is you have a lot of different factions, you have a huge amount of slogans, changing that into some coherent platform, both in terms of a party or a party-like structure, and particularly specific policies. I think that is where it could well um, run into some problems. I mean... Um, yeah, it's a good piece by... It's a very interesting good piece. piece by, uh, very, very, by very Back pages. I mean, just business. to give you one quick example, one of the issues around Irish water, and I've heard, I think I've heard Brendan Ogle saying it, that one way we could pay for water is to introduce financial transaction tax. Now, as far as I know, that was looked at and it was rejected on the basis that if we were to do to do so, a lot of that business would immigrate to London. Now, you can re-examine it and perhaps it would work out that way and perhaps you could have a financial transaction tax. But, I mean, is that a basis for forming a new type of a left-wing politics? I mean, personally, if I thought if there was a a financial transaction tax, it should be going into some areas like child welfare, mm. uh, disadvantage in education, etc., etc. So th- there's an awful lot of woolly thinking around it that is largely driven by complete disillusionment and understandable, most of it, with the way things have evolved over the last six or seven years. Jared Hannon, interesting uh, reading some of the st- coverage in the papers and, and uh, quotes from people, ordinary people who were at the, uh, ordinary citizens who were at the march <coughs> yesterday. And a lot of them saying the same thing about I'm paying enough tax, I'm paying USC. I mean, is it's an anti-taxation well, you see, issue, this, this, but, this but that's at variance with traditional left-wing politics, well, isn't see, it? This is the delicious irony at, uh, underneath all of this. This is an anti-tax. This is, I don't want to pay more. This water charge, which I personally support, notwithstanding the carry-on of Irish water, uh, was the straw that broke the camel's back after seven years of austerity. People had become unemployed. Members of people's families had been forced to emigrate. And this came, and it was just once too much. And the fact that it was implemented in such a cack-handed way really put the final kibosh on it altogether. But you cannot have a left-wing alternative based on lower taxes. It is a fundamental contradiction because if you want the sort of society that the various multiple myriad leaders of the almost innumerable factions in this grand coalition want, you need a lot more from somewhere paid by someone to pay for it. Well, they'd say the better off should pay, for example. Of course. I mean, yeah, but they have a different description of who's the, the better, who's the better off. off. <laughs> and, and, of course, the problem is that once you started taxing, uh, increasing taxes for the middle class in any guise, they immediately leave your coalition. Mm. Uh, so you can't hold this coalition together because once you bring any piece of bad news to anyone's door that is part of it, they're gone out of it. So it can only survive on the basis of slogans that are not tested, that are not laid out in detailed costed policies, because once there's a detailed costed policy, there are winners and there are losers. And this is based on the miasma that on our marches, nobody's a loser, everyone's a winner. And that's the nonsense 
that wins in terms of the argument mm. in and the short the, term. Yeah, and one of the big difficulties that any government will have with this kind of movement is because the agenda has widened now, it's no longer water. When it was very focused on water, the government was trying to pick off bits of the issue, trying to make Irish water more efficient, trying to, and then they brought in this conservation grant, which for some reason they thought you could separate completely separately from the water charges. That, we'll was, give a, that everybody. was a disastrous. Well, decision, it was. I think it was a, a reaction to the protests on the street. I, I yes, I, I would yeah. go so far as to say there probably was but a bit of panic. A conservation grant to and people the, who aren't paying their water charges. But you see, the problem was. Ludicrous that the conservation grant was designed to be something good to give to people and somehow or other somebody who was advising the government or the government members themselves decided it would stay separate from the water charges which of course it couldn't and what will really annoy people who are paying their water charges will be if their neighbours are going around boasting saying well I'm not going to pay my water charges and yet I'm going to get the 100 euros that will actually sometimes drive more people against the government one of the difficulties they have now with this disparate grouping of people who were out marching even yesterday is how do you pick off or try to deliver the things that so many people are saying? Because generally it's just disillusionment with Irish government and Irish politicians. And that's almost unanswerable Mm. in any way. And what the government has to do now is to make sure that the... I mean, they're obliged to bring in the water charges. Fianna Fáil, when they left government, just before they left government in 2010, had announced they were going to bring in water charges at €400, a straight fee. That's kind of forgotten in the mix. So I don't know how Mihal Martin's going to come in if they do manage to get into government and abolish it because the cost of abolishing it is going to be mad. But besides which, we are obliged under EU, our EU membership, to bring in a charge for water. So they either do it through central taxation, which will raise taxes, or they do it the way this is doing, making it more okay. efficient. Yeah, I mean, j- just Make to be clear, though, I mean, and I disagree with George to a certain extent, to this extent, I believe there is a vacuum out there for a more left-wing politics. The problem, and anybody who's going that way you can have a lot of people who are going to be promising far more whether they're left, right or centre or whatever and they're not going to deliver that but there is a vacuum there now that vacuum well, used I, to be I, filled I, by the I, Labour I Party I accept there's a vacuum for more left wing politics Michael but I don't accept there's a market to pay for more left wing politics well, because people are fundamentally out for what they can do best for themselves but sure, that's, that's not dep- inappropriate No but that depends on how left you're talking about I mean mm. there is most definitely a market there for what might traditionally be called a centre left politics that a party, for example, in different circumstances, like Sinn Féin is projecting itself to be, could occupy. Sinn Féin has other issues around which would stop that. But I think that because of what has happened to Labour Party, fairly or otherwise, and fairness doesn't come into it, it's a reality in terms of politics, because of what happened to them, there is a vacuum there. The problem here is there is nobody who has yet appeared to come forward with anything rational, logical and with policies to fill it. But Mick, the, the money has to come from somewhere. Mm. So if, if you're it. now on the sort of left of centre uh, field and, and you want to get into government, you have to be able to say how you're going to pay. You're not going to reduce education. You're not going to reduce health spending. You're not going to reduce, you might reduce a few managers that we see on the front of the paper are, are increasing in the health services. But 
you know, th- running the state takes a very big ball of money. Uh, yeah, but they and would you say, have to find they, out but where... Nora, they would say they have... I mean, Sinn Féin, whether you agree or disagree it? with it, well, they're saying, for example, they'd have a 48% rate of uh, tax for income over €100,000. They'd say they'd have a, uh, a form of a wealth tax. Now, they, I mean, you can disagree with their policies and you could say that's mad, that'll uh, kill entrepreneurship, but... You know, they have policies. But people on those kind of salaries are already paying a pretty high whack of tax anyway. Do you know well, what I mean? There isn't a, there isn't a huge um, empty hole somewhere where there's there's a, a facility to raise loads more taxes. The government's already said they're going to reduce USC. That money that they're already collecting now has to be found somewhere else. Mm. And it's hard to marry reducing that and not raising taxes somewhere else. But Nora, what you're, what you're saying amounts to effectively that there is no alternative to what a lot of people would consider right-wing politics. Well, it's not. So, I, uh, there is an alternative, of course, there is. But you, you, you have to be honest and say to oh, people, yeah, like, this like will mean party. that yeah, we will yeah. have to do oh, away with this yeah. scheme you, or that you, scheme you don't or the really other scheme. Have to be honest. I mean, let's face it. Fine Gael and Labour weren't honest to the electorate before the last general election. I mean, remember Labour's every little bit hurts or whatever it was. And look where Labour are now. Shane. <laughs> yes, uh, yeah, they're so in government, though. They're yeah. in government. The government. And, and maybe the best day in government is worth the best day, worth better than the best day, and worst day in opposition. So I. I I hope that proves true for them. Copyright uh, uh, Mary Harney. Ma- Ma- yes. Mary Harney, yes. <laughs> but, um, you know, part of, of course, this coalition are the trade unions. And, of course, they have a vested interest in terms of the public sector. And the public sector is the single largest piece of public expenditure. Yeah. So you, you have this sort of coalition on the one hand where the public interest is curiously and oddly in, intertwined with, 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 with the public sector who do not of themselves represent the public interest. Public interest intertwined with self-interest? That would never happen in Ireland. God, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> shock, horror. Okay, uh, some of your, uh, your texts on this. A uh, question for Sinn Féin and all the parties who will abolish Irish water. I pay the water charges. If Irish water is abolished, will I be refunded or get a definite undertaking to collect all arrears from those who did not pay? No, no. you will not Shifain be refunded. have definitely said they won't refund no, any. Won't. And I, there will be no uh, definitive undertaking to collect all arrears. It is, it is definitely a but problem. The, the whole issue around water charges, I leave aside Irish water, which, is, which has been put front and centre. Like, there's no way around it as far as the EU is no, concerned. No, we have so, to I mean, have it. What, what's the alternative? If people are saying that you do away completely with the notion of user pay in any form, then... We, oh, we don't have user pay now, though. No, but I'm saying if you do away with the, heading in that direction, if people are saying abolish water charges full stop, the EU aren't going to stand and for that. If we want to stay in the euro... Uh, we need to abolish the government, uh, the, 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 the deficit over a number of years. That's right, so yeah. if you have to abolish that deficit to stay in the euro, none of these people, by the way, are saying we should leave the euro. You know, how do you construct an expenditure programme within those parameters that are going to do any of the things they actually say yeah. they want to do? Which is, why, which is why the public marches and that are an easier way of getting people out on the street to mm. object because it, it gets rid of the depth of debate that's needed to remind people... We're bound by our EU membership to have charges for our for our, our utilities like water. We're bound by the the EU to ha- bring down our our debt okay. ratio. And and yet, right. those kind of debates just 
quite frankly, we all get a bit glazed over when they start. Okay, Pat in Dublin has texted to say, here we go with establishment bias against Sinn Féin. Jim and Mead says, yet another bash Sinn Féin uh, show. We are going to be talking to uh, Owner Brin, uh, the uh, Sinn Féin strategist. We're only reflecting what's in the Sunday papers. Uh, We are going to be talking to (laughs) Owner Brin a little bit later. Uh, Tom says, your show spend uh, proves there is an agenda in News Talk. 100,000 people turn out on the march uh, yesterday, but you spend half an hour talking about information that's been known for 10 years, but now becomes useful for the election of course Shane won't read this out well I have just read it out Tom we didn't spend close to half an hour and there wasn't close to 100,000 people on the march yesterday there was a lot of people there was tens of thousands but if there was and there has been a development in the yeah, last 10 years yeah, it's pretty serious uh, and yeah. if there was 100,000 people on the march yesterday then I'd say there'll be about a quarter of a million at Croke Park Dublin versus Mayo today back in a moment on the Sunday show Welcome back to the Sunday show. Uh, Shane Coleman with you until noon. We're uh, going through the Sunday papers with Mick Clifford, Nora Owen and uh, Jared Helen. Uh, Jared, nice little uh, story in the, a uh, couple of stories about the Irish language in the Sunday Times today. One, trying to encourage tourists to learn Sunday Times, uh, to learn, not, not learn Sunday Times, to learn Irish even. Uh, but another story suggesting um, we've a bit of way to go in learning Irish ourselves in terms of mistakes on signs. Yes, uh, apparently the Wild Atlantic Way has been uh, mistranslated. Now, I, I'm not going to be the one, be the linguist that's going to, I just have to take the view uh, of, of, of the author of the piece. Well, you don't need to be a genius in mm. Irish to realise what, what the mistake is here. The signs uh, were uh, set up as, uh, it was Slee Ian on Atlantic, Slee Ian on, on Atlantic, I think it's, which it's supposed to translate as the Wild Atlantic Way, but quite clearly, you don't need to be an expert in Irish. No, that's Wild Way of the Atlantic. Mm-hmm. So it's the it's the way that's wild, not the Atlantic. <laughs> and apparently, some Gale goer <laughs> spotted it, and they had to change it to Slee on Atlantic uh, Eon, uh, and it cost three grand to do it. Apparently, well, there you are. And in the meantime, but Joe, we're going to try and get that money back from tourists. Uh, Joe McHugh, uh, the minister for the Gale Talk from Donegal, is big into linguistic tourism, and he thinks there's a lot the of zeal uh, of the convert. The yeah. zeal yeah. the convert and fair play to him but I, know, yeah, no, absolutely. I, I, actually, I don't know the guy personally but I admire him for what he did and, and the pluck with which he is doing it and the fact that he's made a few guffaws in public along the way more to his credit but in, in relation to uh, he's saying look you know the Irish language people are coming from abroad the wild Atlantic way the language is part of it and there are people interested in le- learning about the language as much as learning the language you're coming for a holiday for a few days or f- f- for a few weeks so maybe it's just a little taste or maybe it's just about the history of the language, the idiom as distinct from an in-depth um, learning Irish course. But there is something in lingu- linguistic what? tourism that would be uh, profitable. Well, just, uh, the the sidebar to that, the Wild Atlantic Way, I was done so Kerry for two weeks talking to people in tourism and all. It is, to be, to, in yeah. terms of good news, mm. it is a fantastic... Is. In, I, I, when I saw it first, I thought this is a fad. It's going, it is actually, it has actually done great yeah. things for tourism. Mm. Not that yeah. Kerry needs any promotion. And it's brought, no. No. Especially, <laughs> especially it's for brought you. people to places they weren't going to. Yeah. Yes, it yeah. really is. Yeah, yeah, no, it's a great and, idea. And all over Connemara, mm. I was mm. down in Ramsden and Connemara, yeah. and the, the signs, you know, with the, the wave and the Wild Atlantic Way is everywhere, yeah, you know, no, and people great. are kind of following it in a way, I mean, and then finding things along the way that they didn't know they'd find. Nora, come here, I know you wouldn't uh, wish any ill on, on Fianna Fáil at all, but Micheál Martin has a bit of a gender problem, according to, uh, <laughs> not him personally, <laughs> I should stress, uh, the Mail on yeah. Sunday. It's one, it's one of the problems of this uh, quota system that if you don't have... Thirty uh, percent of your candidates standing for the next election who are women doesn't matter whether they get elected or not, which is a weakness I think in the whole thing. In other words, you can throw somebody in onto a ticket. It mm. doesn't matter whether well, they have a hope you, or you, not. You can't. 
you can't well, rig, you the, can't rig the numbers for the doll. Yes, yeah, you have no, to you leave can't, that to the electorate. Yeah, but but um, he has particular difficulty having done Leary, where there are three uh, women councillors uh, all uh, looking to yeah, be John on the, Lee writing about this. John, in the mail John on Lee is writing about this in the Sunday. And you have Mary Hannafin, you have a, a councillor called Jennifer Cuff, and you have um, uh, Young Feeney. Um, what's her first name? I'm sorry, I beg your pardon. I've just forgotten her first name there. And they all want to be on the ticket. And you know me, all Martin. Kate, Kate Feeney, my yeah, apologies. Yeah. Um, they all want to be on the ticket in Dunleary. Dunleary is a particularly difficult constituency because the Count Corla automatically yeah. gets his seat back. So you're down to a three-seater in Dunleary. Uh, Eamon Gilmore isn't standing, but there'll be a Labour candidate. Fina Gale will have a f- f- candidate or two. And Fina Fall have three women looking for it, as well as a young male councillor. Yeah. And here's the difficulty. You know, the male councillor may get pushed out because they have to try and fill the quota to get the, the female yeah. councillors. And it's it's a worry I've always had with any kind of quota system that you end up, uh, some Fine, Fine Gael councillors have come through at conventions because even though they're third, they've come through. And they're on a losing battle right from the beginning yeah, because their okay. own colleagues around them will just treat them as if they're less than human in some instances because they just got the place sure, it's a, it's over a, a man. It is a big problem for Fianna Fáil, isn't it? I mean, I think the whole parliamentary party, I think I'm right in saying, are, are men at the moment. Yeah, and the problem... TVs and censors. And yeah. they lost the one woman they had. Yeah. In, in, <laughs> indeed, it's, 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 uh, but um, I think, as you know, there is something about some of these gender quota candidacy selections processes that are effectively rotten boroughs uh, from the beginning. Uh, it'll be interesting to see... And we must await to see what the net effect in terms of the gender balance of the next doll will be because of this 30% yeah, rule. It certainly had a big impact in uh, the United Kingdom when uh, Tony Blair brought in... A no, single-seat constituency. Yeah, uh, yeah. You had safe Labour yeah, seats, a completely yeah. different... Yeah, yeah, Fianna have a much better chance of getting more women because they have so many constituencies where there's no there's TD. Yeah. So they could make, take a much more aggressive role and say, we are going to run one candidate and it will be the woman councillor or the woman candidate and therefore she has the best chance of getting elected. OK, lots of coverage as well, say, just before we go uh, over the weekend of Van Marcy, who's... Uh, oh, not Van Marcy, Van Morrison even. <laughs> <laughs> There's a combination. Van, Van Morrison Mar- and Morrissey <laughs> together. Uh, Van Morrison, who turns 70 tomorrow. You were writing about Van the Man in the Examiner uh, yeah, yesterday, mate. I, 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 you're, I, you're something of a fan, I think it's fair I, to I, say. I think to be f- I'd have to admit in, in my pathetic uh, self that I am not just a fan. I would consider myself a disciple. I find his music <laughs> since I first heard the music... I made a point yesterday to people. I don't want to meet the man, no matter if, if he You're arrives right. at my front you door. Never, to never meet your heroes. Never meet your heroes. I, I, the music I find unbelievable. I, it, it says it has a narcotic effect. I find. Um, <laughs> Is he the, Ireland's greatest? I think so. But you're talking to someone who's completely biased. The best thing for me in today's Sunday paper, Shane, is actually not an opinion piece or a news piece, but a poem by none other than <laughs> Joe O'Connor. I have to say it is absolutely brilliant. It captures Morrison in his formative years in Belfast. Blues for Van Morrison is 70th birthday in the Sunday. Yes, have you, can you give us a little flavour? It, it, it uh, yeah, well, people might down in Cypress Avenue, Belfast, through the fog from off the river. Lend him some glasses. A pallid kid comes, <laughs> reach. I'm sorry, I've left my glasses. 
That's how old I am now. I thought it was Van Morrison who's turning 70. Our disciples now have to wear But he's getting enormous cover. And right, look at the cover of Seamus Heaney got in his 70th birthday. And personally, in terms of. Well, in terms of popular culture, I absolutely would. He's a fan of Sunday papers as well, Van Morrison, wasn't he? Stopping off for Sunday papers and the crack was good. I like the accent. Oh, God. I'm not a big fan. I just like some of his songs, you know. There's absolutely no doubt about it.